Hello! Welcome to 2023, and a new year of happy and helpful advice from your favorite minor-level deity, Sinclair. That's me, if you're joining us for the first time. Don't worry, I won't hold it against you. That much. This is another special episode of the show, because for the first time, I'm reading letters. I've noticed that a lot of humans really like to use the new year as an excuse to lie to themselves and say they're going to address some of their flaws. The irony of a New Year's resolution is that they're about as resolute as a cardboard house in a hurricane. It's adorable how quickly people give up. But it's alright. This year, you've got me. And I'm going to give advice on how to actually make those changes you want. Or I'll tell you to save time and never even try. It'll be a grand time either way. Let's get started with the first letter. Dear Sinclair, I hate driving. And the worst thing about driving is other people driving. Since I can only do so much about it, my New Year's resolution is to reduce my road rage. But I've never been the zen type. The whole thing has just got me spinning my wheels. Should I just stop driving altogether? Where to begin? From Mad Max in Detroit. Driving is so passé. It has no place in your apocalyptic, post-society husk cities, especially one like 2023 Detroit. There are much better options available to you right now. And I don't just mean bikes, public transit, and horseback riding. Now, of course, you could just be sensible and order things online and work from home, but I understand that some of us just have to be silly. So if you have to be silly, why not do it in a silly way? I would take this time to discuss why you should use a pogo stick for all forms of travel, but unfortunately I've invested a few too many millions into that market, so I might get an FCC complaint. So instead, Max, I think you should use my favorite way to get around. Drinking. I know when I wake up after a productive series of drinks, I've usually managed to find myself at least... 25 years and 50 miles away from wherever I was. That's uh, roughly 80 kilometers for all of you who live in civilized countries. In 2023, cut out the middleman of drinking and driving, and just drink instead. Let's take a look at our next email. Dear Sinclair, I'm a very personable person. I have many friends from all walks of life. Skydiving instructors, psychic mediums, alpaca farmers, historical reenactors, the list goes on. I even have a friend attempting to backpack through the Sahara Desert. Oh, good for them. Though, come to think of it, I haven't heard from him in a while. Oh, well, good for them. It recently occurred to me that all of my friends have one thing in common. Every one of them is alive, as far as I know. I never intended to discriminate against the non-living, and this feels like a huge oversight on my part. Therefore, my New Year's resolution is to meet and befriend as many ghosts, zombies, liches, and other dead and undead people as I can. The trouble is, I don't know how to find them. I'm reasonably sure there's at least one ghost in my house, judging by the disembodied sounds, mysterious slammed doors, and occasional blood dripping from the walls, but my attempts to communicate so far have been fruitless. I've also tried seeking out non-living communities online, but no one takes my efforts at relationship building seriously. What am I doing wrong? 
Are there social mores specific to these groups that I'm not aware of? Could it be that my natural charisma only affects living people? I'd appreciate any advice you can offer, as this year I'm determined to not be the narrow-minded sort who only mixes with other flesh-and-blood folks. Signed, breathing, but not bigoted. Before we get anywhere else, listen carefully. If the walls are dripping blood, it was never your house. Either move, or find out what that ghost's favorite cocktail is. Otherwise, I would not expect to get a good night of sleep ever again. Now, Ryder, it's very funny you used that pseudonym. Because although you may not be, the majority of the non-breathing are very bigoted. You know how many reasons humans find to hate each other for pointless reasons? Well, dead people and supernatural beings, they do that too. Succubi hate incubi, incubi hate sirens, sirens hate selkies, selkies hate unicorns, unicorns hate banshees, banshees hate phantoms, phantoms hate ghosts, ghosts hate zombies, zombies hate werewolves, werewolves hate vampires, and vampires are none too friendly to anybody but themselves. And that's, of course, only a sample platter of the dinner buffet of discrimination decreed by the dead and demi-human. But if there's one thing that brings all of those groups together in a sing-song unity, it's how much they don't like humans. In those circles, humans are oppressors, vermin, lunch, or the cleaning staff. That's not to say that supernatural folk are always unfriendly to humans. They just wouldn't trust a situation where they're being nice to you. Generally, it means they want something. Now, it could be something as innocuous as a small blood donation, or $3.50 in change, but stop paying attention for... A moment, and bam. A leprechaun has claimed all your financial assets, and sorority vampires are using you as a keg. And the problem only gets bigger if it turns out one of these guys genuinely likes you. Let's just say you make friends with that ghost in your house. Well, chances are, that ghost will feel sorry for you, and will think how sad it is that their dear friend is stuck being something as filthy and disgusting as a human being. And then they'll decide to give you the best gifts they can think of. I've known quite a few people who've died on their birthday because of that. That's how Bach went. Look, don't let me stop you if you want to go through with it, though. Some people are much happier after they've been turned into some creature of dubious humanity. All I'm saying is that if you make any dead friends, don't take it for nothing if you, they encourage you to make out a will or try on a casket. Always expect before you respect. Next letter. Hey there. My New Year's resolutions are 1. Be able to swim a mile or 1.6 kilometers. 2. Read all the books that I own. 3. Start a successful vegetable garden. From Jade from WGC Productions. I think you should consolidate two and three and make them part of the same goal. Burn all of your books except for those about gardening. Then, not only have you focused your tasks more efficiently, you can also use the ashes as a great nutrient for your soil. My garden has been in great shape after I finally found a use for Atlas Shrugged. As for your swimming goal, I've got quite a few contacts who might be able to help you reach that a bit more efficiently, as long as you're willing to shift some paper, if you know what I mean.
First of all, you need a pool so you can practice, and it can't just be any pool. So if you already have one, pick it up and throw it away. You'll want a pool that's exactly one mile long and one mile wide. That way, you have options. Then, of course, you'll need a good pair of goggles. Nothing cheap, mind you. You'll want the high-end stuff, like the electric model with a Wi-Fi hotspot. And, of course, you'll need the protection plan for that. And that's not only a different fee, it's a subscription service. You know what? Forget the goggles. I have someone who does gills, and they'll install a pair of transparent eyelids for free. Sure, you'll have to live in the water, but that's why you're gonna get that big pool. You'll have more space in there than wherever you're living right now. And electric proofing the place won't be that expensive. In comparison to the biological enhancements, anyways. Next letter! Or book, rather, because this is a wordy one. Dearest Sinclair, look, flattery will get you a chili cheese fried dinner at the National Coney Island. No more, no less. Anyway. In 2022, I lost my job, I lost my wife, my dog left me, I forgot three languages, plus I found out that due to COVID... I have lost the ability to see people's auras. So you can probably imagine that I look to the turn of the new year as a chance to, quote, turn things around, unquote, as it were, in a matter of speaking, if you will. To wit, I find myself looking to the time-honored tradition of a New Year's resolution as the proverbial wedge in the metaphorical door to gain access to the vaunted room of self-improvement in the house of health and happiness. My chosen resolution is true and just. In this, I am steadfast and need no help from your exalted self in choosing of my resolution. Rather, it is in the quote sticking to unquote of yet-to-be-said resolution that I ask for your sage wisdom. Boy, this sure is a lot of buildup. And it's one dinner. Only one. In 2023, I am hereby resolved to finally overcome my allergy to bee stings. As mentioned earlier in this letter, I have no fear of maintaining my steel in the first few weeks of this new year. Nay, it is in the fallow months of February and March that my concern fall. Then, the rush of a new quest begins to wane, not to mention the fact that the amount of bee poison in my veins will have built up quite a bit, and I fear that the cocktail of anti-allergy drugs to be provided by the I assume to be helpful staff at St. Jericho's Hospital will begin to wane in their efficacy. Does the great and exalted Sinclair have any tips or tricks a person such as myself could work into their daily routine so as to keep momentum on an upward trajectory as forces both internal and external start to press on my chosen New Year's resolution? Thank you, and good eve to you and yours. R. Embolism, Wawa, Ontario. Hey, Longfellow, did you copy that from a thesaurus? 
I feel like the judge at a poetry jam. At the very least, you were able to get this to me in time for me to hunt. Like you said, you're in a pretty safe place right now. Bees aren't a fan of the cold, and since you're in Ontario, that means it'll be frigid basically all the time. After all, I'm pretty sure winter only gets two weeks paid vacation time in Canada. That leaves you with a lot of preparation time. Some people would recommend taking that time to build up a resilience to stings through gradually increased interaction. But what your letter says to me is that with your luck, if you look at a jar of honey, you'd probably break out in hives. <laughs> hives. My suggestion to you is that, instead, you work on grafting metal parts onto your body. Just completely cover your skin in iron or tin or something, and then you won't have to worry about any bees or hornets getting in. It's important that you graft the metal on, though. Wasps are very good at crawling under tight spaces, so armor is basically useless against them. And walls, for that matter. Don't worry. You won't have to keep this stuff on forever. You've got, like, 20, 25 years until there are no bees left. And hey, you might even like having them on. Lighting is painful, but very fashionable. Time at last. Final letter. There's... Hello, Sinclair. There's something outside of my house. Well, not currently, but I'm pretty sure it's not a raccoon. There's purple goo all over my backyard, and my trash can has been crushed. Whatever it was came from the woods, and looked like it snapped several trees on its way. The trail of broken trees, purple goo, and claw marks leads deep into the woods. Even though I'm terrified, I can feel it calling to me almost. The curiosity of what's lurking in the woods is driving me crazy. I think I should follow one night and see what's going on here. Anyway, for my New Year's resolution, I want to learn how to dance. What do you think? Signed. Weirded out in WB. Alright, so that trail is definitely calling you, and you should follow it tonight. That's where you're going to learn how to dance. Your instructor has just been clearing out space for a proper floor. Now, I don't really have any years that are new. Being a god is weird like that. But I do have resolutions, and they remain pretty consistent. Make money, expand my influence, gather followers for a religion centered around Robotech. All really normal stuff. But my biggest goal is to get to know even more of you. I've had a great time this last year starting out the series and talking to some fantastic people, and I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you and hopefully doing more episodes like this where I can answer questions directly. If you have any problems that you need help with, large or small, bizarre or banal, email the show at SinclairWantsToHelp at gmail.com, all lowercase and I'll gladly read another round of letters. 
and I want to thank everyone who agreed to write letters for this episode. That would be... Human Be Gone. I love humans, but I can understand why robots would want to be rid of them. And this is a show all about the noble efforts of robots who are trying to ethically remove pesky humans without resorting to lethal methods. And that's good for my business. Check out the show wherever podcasts are found, or humanbegone.com. October's Children! This is the terrifying tale of not-yet-middle-aged adults facing supernatural threats, mysterious creatures, and the greatest horror of them all, living in a post-Tom Brady New England. Check out the show wherever podcasts are found. The Night Post the story of letter carriers called pigeons, who are forced into the service of mail delivery in the mysterious and often dangerous areas surrounding Guilt City. It's a story of suspense, friendship, love, and federal breaches of privacy. Check out the show wherever podcasts are available, or go to nightpostpod.com. Small Victories Join Marisol through a week of her life as she faces the challenges of starting over. Listen to Small Victories and other shows by WGC Productions wherever you find podcasts or on WGCProductions.com. And of course, Mad Max in Detroit. Good luck out there, girl. And join me again for this 2023 for more bizarre stories and sage advice. And just remember, should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind, have a hair of the dog that bit you, and that memory you may find. Happy New Year, everyone.